Broadcasting live from an undisclosed location in the western foothills, you're listening to Open Ears, Maine. We want to hear your pandemic stories. To call in, dial area code 515-602-9747. That's 515-602-9747. The phone lines are now open. And you will undoubtedly hear it many more times as the days go by. Now, just in case you're hazy on exactly what it means, let me give you a rough idea. It means that the cost of your clothes and food has gone up to a point where the family budget has become somewhat strained. Well, that's one of those things. And you can't be expected to increase the family income. But there are some things you can do to help. For instance, take better care of your clothes. When you come home from school, change into old clothes before you go out to play. Take care of your health because doctors and medicines are expensive. Eat well, but don't waste. Take your full share, but eat all you take. Try not to ask mother and dad to buy you things you don't actually need. Make the best and the most of what you've got. Try to be more than usually careful of your school equipment, such as paper, pencils, and so forth. Make them last and go as far as you possibly can. Remember that all members of a family must pull together at a time like this. So do your share. Welcome to episode 11 of Open Ears, Maine. It is Thursday, May 14th, 2020, a warm and windy spring day. Summer, my friends, is coming. I'm your host, Crash Berry, editor-at-large for Mainer, the magazine and website at MainerNews.com. By the way, have you listened to Devils and Dirtbags? That's my 13-part investigation of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Springfield, Massachusetts. If you're into true crime podcasts, you should definitely visit devilsanddirtbags.com or download the show wherever you download. On today's show, we'll talk to a Midcoast, Maine mail carrier. We're calling Cliff Clavin to hear what it's like to be delivering mail during a pandemic, and to learn what's worse, dog bites or COVID-19. But first, the numbers. According to the Maine Center for Disease Control, there have been 1,565 cases connected to the coronavirus in Maine. At least 69 Mainers have died with COVID-19, and to date, 958 residents have recovered from the illness. Meanwhile, certain retail establishments are preparing to reopen with conditions. So are some main restaurants in a dozen of the more rural counties that under the current reopening plan will be allowed to start limited table service next week. Androscoggin, Cumberland, Penobscot, and York counties, however, that's where there are more cases of COVID-19, The restaurant shutdown is expected to remain in place until June 1st, except for curbside service. There's a whole bunch new rules for physical distancing and a checklist for establishments intending to reopen, including that staff must wear a cloth face covering and, of course, wash their hands frequently. 
Diners will be allowed to remove their face coverings in order to eat and drink. Menus, by the way, are either supposed to be single-use paper throwaway menus or laminated menus, which would be sanitized after each use. It'll be interesting, I'm sure, to see how this unfolds and see how many people will feel comfortable eating out during a pandemic. Despite the high unemployment numbers, we've seen that many Mainers have continued to work during this pandemic, albeit with adjustments and adaptation. Those laborers include postal employees who haven't stopped delivering the mail and continue to be in contact with the masked and unmasked masses so tonight, we'll be speaking to a mail carrier we're calling Cliff Clavin. I'm calling him Cliff to protect his identity. And in case you didn't know, Cliff Clavin was the know-it-all mail carrier from the television sitcom Cheers, set in a neighborhood bar in Boston where Cliff was a regular. Cliff, originally, was supposed to be a know-it-all security guard, but at the last moment, his character was switched to a postal worker apparently, because a know-it-all security guard wasn't considered a believable character. Coming up, a mid-coast mail carrier and how COVID-19 impacts his frontline job. Tell me, how come you never got married? Well, no, I'm coach. It's unfair to ask a woman to be the wife of a mailman. Well, watching them get up every morning, strapping on that old mailbag, going out and hitting those mean streets, never knowing whether he's coming back or not. You're right. Somewhere out there is a beagle with your name on it, right? Welcome back to Open Ears, Maine. Joining us now is a man we're going to be calling Cliff Clavin a pseudonym in honor of his job as a U.S. Postal Service mail carrier in a mid-coast Maine community. We're using a pseudonym, obviously, in order for Cliff to be able to speak freely about his experiences. Cliff, what's it like delivering mail during a pandemic? It's a lot different. Um, you know, it's pretty, it's a pretty scary thing. Well, we're just doing the best we can and, you know, trying to get the mail out to everybody. Rain, sleet, snow, hail, darkness, whatever, all that good stuff. What's scary about it? Obviously, we don't want to give this disease to our relatives who are not in any shape to get so sick and die, possibly. What sort of precautions are you taking as a mail carrier to protect yourself? from COVID-19? Well, we have rubber gloves. I don't always wear the rubber gloves, but I was for a while. And I also have them, they just gave us masks, uh, which were a lot more comfortable than the one I was using before that. I was trying the N95 mask. It wasn't really easy to like put down around my neck when I'm not around someone, because I really only like wearing it when I'm in close contact with a customer. But the new ones that we got, we can put it down around our neck when we're not 
you know, up close to somebody and I'm just out walking around, you know, distancing from everyone. Well, let's backtrack for a second. Could you describe uh, what I guess we would call a normal work day is like for you right now? Sure. Um, well, we actually just started doing um, this uh, different start times, basically, uh, where um, see our cases are all next to each other, and like the odd odd numbers, like uh, I'm city. T- uh, I probably shouldn't say what route I am, just <laughs> you know, anonymity. But basically, the even numbers come in at seven o'clock, and the odd numbers come in at eight o'clock, and they call it staggered start times. And so that way, we have a space between each case uh, where um, there gives us some distance, you know, and not everybody's all in at the same time. Go in and we do what's called casing our mail and we sort it, you know, to each house on our route. Uh, and we put the small packages in there and then we do what's called pulling down where we, uh, put the mail in order, how it's going to go on the route in our bins. And then we load up our carts and we push them out and we, load our parcels up in our trucks and get headed out there. For some reason, I thought there was some sort of magical system that would just give you, the mail carrier, uh, everything in perfect order. So you actually have to organize it. How long does that take? Depends how heavy the mail is. Uh, Some days it'll take, you know, two, two and a half hours. Some days it'll take 45 minutes if the mail's really light. Do you have any idea of how many postal customers there are on your route? Yeah, I have a uh, between probably 400 and 600 in that somewhere in that range. I'm a city carrier, uh, and I have about three quarters of the route is in town. The last quarter of my route is driving, and I drive around to more rural boxes and whatnot. So, are you walking a lot of that route? Yeah, three quarters of it, I'd say. Back before the pandemic, how often would you have interaction with postal customers? Oh, um, all the time. You know, I'm I'm out there. I see everybody in the community, and people come up and they get their mail from me, or they have to sign for a package or a certified letter. So now I imagine uh, you're not seeing people out and about because mostly everybody's in their houses, or are you seeing people out and about? I'm seeing people out and about for sure, but definitely not as much traffic on the roads. That's definitely a big change. So when you're on foot and you uh, are bumping into someone, I'm not even talking about like a a postal customer, just another passerby on the road or whatever on the sidewalk, uh, are you finding you're able to maintain a six foot physical distancing from them? And are you, uh, at this point, I imagine that's when you're wearing your mask. And I'll put it put it up if I feel like I'm going to come in contact with a six-foot range or whatever. Any feeling on uh, how many people you're seeing uh, wearing masks? I, most people are wearing masks when they're, you know, in, in a public place. Um, you know, just walking down the street, if, if people are going for walks, I'm seeing people not wear masks. But, um, you know, they're not, they, they usually, you know, go to the other side of the street or, you know, walk around quite a ways around me or I'll walk around them or whatnot. Is it almost an unspoken dance? Yeah, it's unspoken for sure. 
Okay, so let's go back to when you're dealing with your actual postal customers. Let's say they have a registered letter or a special delivery that needs to be signed for. What's yeah. the procedure now versus what it was before? Yeah, and actually they did make a change with that, which I'm really happy about, where now the mail carrier is able to sign for the package for now. Um, they're letting us sign for the packages now as long as we have permission from the customer. Okay. I live in a rural part of Maine. Rarely have to sign for things. Uh, you have a small tablet computer with a tablet pen on it. Is that what you're talking about that they're signing for? Scanner. Um pretty pretty bulky it's not like a tablet or something like that okay so it's a scanner and they have a place that they have to sign so you'll will you still knock on a door let's say and the person will open the door and you have to say hey i've got this letter is it yeah. okay for me so when they open the door uh, are you wearing a mask oh yeah are you standing six feet back well as you know far back as i can they know you. I mean, we're talking you right. know, Maine. Yeah, I'm so they... Uniform. And how long have you been on this route? This current route I've been on for, I think this is my third year. I've been with the post office for 15 years now. Started when I was 20. So do the people on your route know you? Do they know you by name? Do they say, hey, Cliff? Yeah, most of them do. Uh, let's say you, you have a package to deliver. Uh, has anybody said, no, I want to sign for it? Has anybody refused you that right to? Everybody is pretty understanding, it seems like, so far. But this was a new rule. So before that, what, uh, they were actually still required to sign? Mm-hmm. Yep. They came up with that policy pretty fast. That was within a couple of weeks of, well, no, I guess it was within like a month of the shutdown and all that. But, okay, wow. so there was a month that you were still uh, required to have them touch the, the pen. Right go back in time when did you start becoming aware there was a problem was it via information that your employer the postal service gave you or was it you just being aware as a human being aware as a human you know watching everything going down in the news and china and wuhan we were worried i was it first started out we were all kind of joking about the all these amazon packages from china because we get all these tiny you know wish.com packages from wherever in China. We didn't know whether this virus, you know, could live for a long time on the, um, on the packages. So everybody was really scared at that point. And I actually caught pneumonia, like pretty much right around when all this was starting. And I was scared to death. I had had it. I was out for three weeks, actually, because it took me two weeks to get tested or for the test to come back. Were you tested for COVID-19? Yep. And the results? Negative. But you tested uh, positive for a viral pneumonia, and was that via a swab? I, I guess so. I, I went to uh, the hospital respiratory center. Approximately when, when was your uh, bout with pneumonia? Um, end of February, yeah, early March. When was the first communication from your employers? Um, that's a good question. I don't remember exact dates. They did discuss it with us. I think it was quite, kind of like around when it hit America and like Washington state and all that. In what way did they communicate? There's a handout and uh stand up talk, what they call it. A supervisor telling you a, a, a supervisor you're familiar with, or is it somebody from yeah. corporate yeah. coming down? 
my current supervisor. What do you call your supervisor? The supervisor, delivery supervisor. So the delivery supervisor is kind of your boss then? Yep. They came in and they, they said what to you? Do they tell you uh, what kind of got, precautions you need to do? Yeah, we discussed some of that stuff, and the post office gave out some handouts and papers on it and stuff like that. Was it informative stuff? Uh, to some degree, I guess, yeah. And then you got hit with the pneumonia. I had all the symptoms. I had a fever. I had a really bad – my lungs were just really clogged up and – I woke up and one one morning I could barely breathe because I was my lungs were so mucked up. And the worst part is I was out of sick leave. I didn't get paid for two, three weeks. I had to take the leave without pay. So you went two or three weeks without getting paid. Your uh, lungs are filled with some fluid and there's a global pandemic going on. Were you worried about dying? Um. Yeah, when I was sick with pneumonia and and then at, when I came back and I was I was worried that what if I got the, you know, covid or coronavirus whatever they were calling it at the time, whether if I got that while I had pneumonia or something, I was like, man, that would not be good. Uh, since then I'm I'm less worried that I'm I'm going to die from it. Uh, I'm more worried about my parents. Are your parents in the same town that you're in? Close by, yeah. During that period, did you see them? I quarantined myself for three weeks, basically holed up in my apartment. Before the pandemic, Amazon shipping was starting to make your job more difficult. I've heard that from my own rural carrier. Before Amazon entered the marketplace, you were working for the Postal Service. How did the job that you had when you were first hired compare to now in terms of workload? Oh, I would say it was a lot easier. We had much less packages. We had, you know, t 20 was a lot in a day. And uh, I'll tell you what, yes, uh, Monday was probably the most packages I've ever had in my entire career. I had three pallets, which was probably over 300 packages. Um, and I couldn't even fit them all in my truck in one load. So I had to fill up my truck with parcels and go deliver the mail and those parcels. And then I came back to the post office and I filled my truck up a second time. This was at like five 30 maybe. And then I had to drive around, uh, the route again with all those other parcels, another full truck of parcels. And, uh, it was like an 11 hour day. Well, first of all, that must be making your job less efficient if you have to return to the post office to refill, but right. 11 hour day, what's your normal shift? Uh, eight hour day, you know, normal day, which is not very often. <laughs> Do you get overtime? Yeah. Are there gripes from your supervisor about how much overtime you get? Uh, no, they're pretty understanding. Uh, I, I have some pretty good supervisor and postmaster, I think. I've definitely had worse. <laughs> <laughs> how often do you think you're sanitizing your hands? Um, probably, you know, 10 times a day. And then actually washing your hands with soap and water, how frequently are you able to do that? Um, you know, as many times as I feel like I need to whenever I go to a store or, you know, if I'm done touching the packages before I go out on the street, things like that. Come home, take a shower. 
So when you're delivering a package uh, to someone and you hand them the package, are you feeling skittish at that moment there? Is is there a a kind of a gloom overhead? uh, I wouldn't say that. No, I'm I'm trying to stay positive the best I can. I mean, I think about it, you know, it crosses my mind, but I try to keep as much distance as I can. And a lot of people will just like let me put their package on their porch and they, they won't come grab it from me. Most people. Have you run into anybody that really isn't practicing physical distancing, people that maybe come very close to you? Um, yeah, it's definitely happened quite a few times. First of all, does it seem like they're just clueless or what would be the reasoning for kind of uh, breaching that barrier that we seem to have these days? <sighs> I don't, I really don't know what that all amounts to. Um, I know there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there and I mean, you see people that are, you know, into that sort of thing and, you know, I don't know, maybe that has something to do with it. Have you told anybody to back off? No. Do you make a point of trying to avoid getting close to them if they are doing that? Yeah. You know, I tried my best. So it's kind of like, again, one of these dances. What's the best part of the job? Is there one? Just being out and about in the nice weather uh, when we've had it, which is very rarely lately. But <laughs> Seems like it's been a very windy spring. Would you agree? Wet and cold. And we've got snow in May. Like, I don't know what's going on. So if that's the best part of the job, being out and about, what's the worst part of the job? Um, being out and about in the bad weather have you had any uh, bad dealings uh, with customers um i've got bit by a lot of dogs they're customers dogs how, how many times have you been bit i haven't kept track i got a real serious bite um uh, quite a while ago uh, but um mostly it's been just you know on a leg or something would you say you're bit annually um Probably, maybe, yeah. Do you carry any dog spray with you? Yeah, we carry dog spray. But that doesn't help? Uh, Yelling at the dog actually sometimes helps, and like just like standing up to it and not like, you know, trying to run away or whatever, if they're acting aggressive, you know. Is that part of your mail carrier training, how to deal with aggressive dogs? Uh, Yeah, to some degree. Are there like training videos you watch? Do they bring a dog in or what's the technique? They have like posters up and I mean, when you first get trained, you know, your carrier that you go with on the job training, they'll tell you what to do. And, uh, you know, everybody reacts differently, uh, but they, you know, they teach us to use the spray if we have to and yell and put the bag between us and the dog. Do you like dogs? Oh, I love dogs. Most dogs. Do you have a dog? Yep. So I wonder if they smell your dog on you. Mm, I don't know. Or is it the uniform? I mean, I almost think it's a cliche that a dog would attack the postman, but obviously it's true. Go on in their yard and up close to their house. They see us every day. They bark at us every day. And then when they finally get a chance to get at us, they they love it. Well, I guess that would be a a pretty lousy part of the job that you get bit at least once a year. Uh, Is there a certain amount of fear involved? I have some post-traumatic stress from uh, my dog attack that happens, you know, one of the bad ones. 
So before COVID-19, the biggest stress was dog attacks. How does COVID-19 stack up against dog attacks? Oh, I'd say it's probably worse. It's depressing and, you know, it's pretty lonely. You know, I'm a single guy, live by myself. I mean, I got a family, but I haven't seen them quite as much as I'd like to, you know, because of everything. So it's been hard. What are the things that you're missing the most from your old life? Just being social. I'm a pretty social guy for the most part. I got a lot of friends and, you know, I always love visiting them and hanging out with them all the time. And we just don't do that as much as anymore, you know, because we can't. Were you much of a bar or a restaurant goer before? Yeah, I'd go to the bar sometimes. And now that's not uh, happening. Right, yeah. There's not. I mean, being a single guy, it's hard to find. You can't even really date anyone right now because of all this. It's like, I don't know. Where are you going to take somebody? <laughs> you know? Is there some kind of online equivalent to a first date? Have you had any dates since this has begun? I haven't, no. I want more break up. <laughs> before all this started and I just haven't even it's been kind of the back of my mind (laughs) trying to I don't know it's been hard so you went through a breakup prior to COVID-19 yeah and if I can ask how long was that relationship you were in oh it was a couple years so it was a a real relationship Um, sorry to hear that Uh, I hope you're feeling better now about it yeah you know, <laughs> hanging in there, I guess. This is a weird question. Do you think it's um, better that you broke up before the pandemic? I'd rather be with someone, but, you know. Yeah, it's it's just got to be weird uh, for some people that are in relationships they want to be out of, but they're in a pandemic and you're right. living with somebody and you can't leave. Yeah, that's true. I never even thought of that. What's your lunch break like? I actually live on my route, which is pretty awesome. Uh, so I can get to lunch or just grab something, bring it with me. So that is convenient. You wouldn't, uh, you just go home, cook something up, eat it. Uh, how long of a lunch break do you get? 30 minutes. And I get two 10 minute breaks. You know, when you uh, said that the worst part of being a postal carrier was the uh, dog bite, I guess. To me, I think the weather. The weather. Oh, actually. the weather. Okay, the weather's worse, but the the dog bite was a stressful thing. For me, I guess I've always been the most sympathetic to postal workers when I see that time period when a supervisor is shadowing them out on their route. That that would just drive me. That would just drive me crazy. What is that like when the boss is following you around? I'll tell you what. When I first started, I had this crazy boss. And he, like, you couldn't even describe him. He was just, like, always on your heels when he was following behind you. And uh, he would just, like, stand over me and, like, scratch his dandruff on me. And he was really intense. And he he made me think that I was going to get fired before my 90-day probationary period was over. Oh, he was just a jerk. Are they physically counting the number of steps you take? Yeah, they do that. And they... You know, they keep track of 
vacant houses and stuff like that. They bring a little computer and just keep track of our times between how long it takes us to do each walking loop or whatnot. And our scanners too, which, uh, you know, tell them where we are at all times and uh, they can track us in real time. When you started 15 years ago, was there any tracking on you? No. So um, you seem like a very friendly guy. Uh, Are you friendly with your customers on the route? Yeah, of course. So what happens if you want to have a little chit chat with somebody on the route? Are they aware of that because of the scanner having the GPS? And Yeah, it actually tells them if we go over 10 minutes in one spot, uh, they get a little alert in their computers. And then are you talked to or is it a disciplined thing? What is it? It could be, you know, if they want to. Have you ever experienced that sort of uh, discipline? And what is it like? No, not for that, no. What have you been disciplined for? Attendance. They, they, you know, if you're sick, they don't, they don't like people being sick and coming in. Or they, they want people coming in every day, you know, if, you, if you're out sick, you know, more than they think is okay, they'll, they'll get on your case about it. Are you working five days or six days a week? It depends on the week, how fully staffed we are. We haven't been fully staffed for a while. So does that mean you're doing six days? I've been getting my days off, yeah. Is it only Amazon packages or are there other packages as well? Other packages, for sure. We get a lot of stuff from UPS and FedEx that they don't, we, we call, they call it the last mile delivery or something where they give, hand it off to us. So you're handling the regular Amazon packages plus UPS and FedEx. What about like large packages? Are you in a regular post office vehicle? Yeah, actually, I've been driving the new ProMaster uh, vehicle that we have. It's a little bit bigger than the you know small trucks, but uh, it's not very conducive to the rural box delivery that I have on my route. Uh, that's kind of a pain because I have to park the truck and walk over to the passenger window and put it out and walk back to the driver's seat. And that that's a little bit of a pain, but it's it's definitely more roomy to fit all the packages for sure. You said that this last weekend was your biggest ever. How many did you have today? I just had like one full truck full. And we, we've been getting a second truck for some reason of packages that shows up late after we're already out on the route. And we have to come back to the post office and pick them up and go back around and deliver them to places we've already been. So that, that adds some time to the day for sure. Would you say this increase in uh, number of packages is connected either to just the pandemic where people aren't able to go out shopping and are ordering online, or would you say that there's any connection to the federal stimulus checks that just came in? I think there's a connection to both, for sure. Do you actually pay attention to what you're delivering? Not usually. We'll see like a little Amazon package or something, and it'll say the content, like one of the little wish.com packages, and it'll say like sex toy on it or something. When I was first started out uh, there was a bad rainstorm and I was delivering it in the rainstorm and it, man it was coming down buckets and uh, it, I had a package and every, like the mail was just disintegrating because of the rain and I had a bra fall out into a puddle and I just kind of wrapped it up in the paper that was covering you know it was in 
And then dropped it off at the customer's house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does mail get destroyed by the elements? For sure, yeah. And, you know, we try to keep, like, packages, we try to put in trash bags if they'll fit. We do our best to keep it, you know, under a covering somehow. Like, if it says a porch that's covered, we'll put it under there or whatever. It just got me thinking here about uh, mail getting destroyed. This is a total aside here, but you might uh, be interested in this. As a Out here in rural Maine, we have a mail carrier who's great. She lives in the neighborhood. Uh, she's been doing it forever. And then there's the one day a week that there's a second fill-in mail carrier in a Jeep because this is rural Maine, you know, his own Jeep. It's a Saturday afternoon, and he comes and drops the mail off. And then he drives to the next house, which is about a quarter mile down the road. He wasn't traveling too fast or whatever, but there's a weird bump in the road. It's a dirt road, rural main road. Yeah. He hits the bump just right, and his Jeep exploded. The thing just caught on fire and went boom. And we're outside. And my wife ran down. It was like, was it what kind of truck was it? Was it one of the like white ones? The it LLB? was his. It was his personal vehicle. Oh. It was his personal vehicle. Okay, I was gonna say because those things blow up and burn up all the time, so that wouldn't really surprise me. Oh no, this was like his. You know, with with the funny steering wheel, so he's on the wrong side or whatever. Yeah. I don't know how those actually work. But he got out of it. He jumped out, and the thing just uh, went up in flames. Uh, burned the mailbox burned our neighbor's mailbox but they don't actually live there did he get the mail out at all or was it no i think we got a note in the mailbox saying if we had put anything out in the mail to be taken that day that you would have to resend it but it was very dramatic and i imagine kind of scary for him and wondering too what happened to the rest of the mail for that day i mean that's got to be an issue that can really mess up the works if your vehicle blows up with all the mail in it. The the LLVs, the long life vehicles, they've been in in operation since the 80s. They're really super old and they really need to replace our fleet. And they've been talking about it for years and years and years. And supposedly they were going to do it this year, a contract for building them, the new fleet of vehicles. But I, I don't know what's going on with that right now. Donald Trump, President Trump, has called the post office, quote, a joke. And it seems like he wants to get rid of the post office entirely. Any thoughts on that? Well, there are a lot of jokes about the post office. You know, I'm talking about going postal and all that. People joke about that. But uh, as far as Trump goes and calling the post office a joke, that's pretty offensive to me. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think it's a joke. And I think most people rely on it. A lot of people do. If you could talk to the president about the importance of the post office, what would you say to him? I I don't think you could even talk any sense into him. You think he's too far gone? I just think he's set in his mind set and he's not going to change it. There's no change in him, I don't think. Is there a certain amount of pride that goes with being a postal employee? Yeah, I think we're all pretty proud of what we do and you know, how hard we work for our nation. What's the response uh, morale-wise from inside when you guys hear the president attack? Uh, I think it depends on the person and their political views, you know. Can the president eliminate the post office? He's doing his best right now. The the new postmaster general that he appointed uh, is a big Trump donor and 
I think he's he's a shill to, you know, do Trump's bidding and try to run it into the ground to privatize and let his friends buy it and whatnot. There there could be that element there, the privatization. Yeah. But I also wonder if he's anti postal service because he thinks the post office is in bed with Amazon. Exactly. And Amazon is owned by Bezos, who owns the Washington Post. Yep. He affiliates us with Amazon and he's got a personal vendetta against Bezos and that's why he wants to jack up the prices for Amazon package shipping, which is gonna only hurt the consumer, you know. It's not gonna hurt Bezos. Bezos is almost a trillionaire. So are there other ways that you've seen COVID-19 impact your job at all? We've talked about the mask. What about the gloves? When were you wearing gloves and when did you stop wearing gloves? I was wearing them up until they did the uh, thing with the where we can sign for the packages. But I, I still, in the office, when I'm sorting the packages in the morning, I'll wear gloves. Do you bring gloves with you on the route? Uh, I bring them. I haven't been really using them on the route as much. I've just been trying to use hand sanitizer and wash my hands and not touch my mouth or face or whatever, you know? Yeah. Cause there's, I mean, there, there's been a lot of postal workers that have gotten sick that I heard a thousand postal workers have had COVID-19 and 40 have died. Oh, well, no, over 40 have died. Obviously you're in the union. I am in the union. Have they come and talked to you at all about anything COVID-19 related? Well, the um, staggered time thing, that was a union thing. Uh, Do you intend to do this uh, for the rest of your work life? If I do, and I retire through the post office, I'll get a good pension, hopefully, unless something happens and we get privatized and they take it away from me. But, yeah, hopefully. One last question here. Is there anything that, postal customers can do to make the job of postal carriers easier you know give us six feet if you can appreciate us write your congressman or something or senator and put in a good word for us that you want to keep us around cliff clavin thank you very much for your time and thank you for your service too to our country cheers fathom is how one can drink ice-cold beer in freezing weather. Cliff, explanation, please. Now, how do you know he has one? Five bucks says he does, ten says it's a doozy. (laughs) When the uh, British ruled the Punjab, ten bucks all the way. (laughs) They drank uh, steaming hot pots of tea on the hottest days of the year to uh, balance out their inside and outside temperatures. See, conversely, uh, drinking an ice-cold drink on a cold day uh, actually results in a more uh, comfortable body temperature. All right. Why do you drink ice-cold beer on a hot day? Mr. Clavin. <laughs> what else are you going to do with it? Millions in Europe and Asia are going hungry and facing actual starvation. Therefore, it's up to us, the best-fed nation in the world, to tighten our belts. We can share a meal and save a life. And here's how. Buy only as much bread and other wheat products as you really need. Use rice, fats, and oils sparingly. Don't waste any food. Turn in your used fats and oils at the food store promptly. Plant a garden and raise as much of your family's food as you can. You are saving food for those who desperately need it when you buy less, especially when you use up those leftovers. Thanks, Cliff. And as soon as our conversation ended, 
Cliff sent me this message, quote, I meant to talk more about the reason the post office is struggling financially. There is a mandate that was passed in 2006 that required us to prepay employee health care for 50 years in advance for future employees who aren't even born yet, which causes us to look like we're losing billions instead of turning a profit. So that's the reason, according to our inside source, that the numbers for the post office may not appear to be the best. Do you have a pandemic story you want to share? Or is there an angel or a helper or a con artist or a scammer that you think needs to be heard? Drop me a line at crash at crashberry.com. Next week on Open Ears, Maine, a first-year college student on how adults are handling the pandemic and a middle school teacher on how children are learning from home during these strange times, Tuesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Thanks for listening.